everyone, and welcome to the Midnight Frightcast. We are ringing in the new year with episode number four. And hopefully, big, yeah, big four, big number four, and uh, hopefully we worked out the technical issues that haunted us in the last uh, podcast. I think we kind of got figured out what happened there, and it all had to do with Josh's massively booming voice. Yes, can all you right. put like, can you put like a big like voice, voice, yes. Voice, voice. <laughs> yeah. With me in the basement studio is Josh. Yeah, you heard me already. Yeah, you did. I talked. We got Tom on the other microphone. Here I am. And stranded somewhere in a uh, local, I don't know, convenience store telephone booth, we've got Greg. I am literally ringing in. There we go. He is. The new year. Ah. He is on the phone. Uh, and like we know about Greg, he, as usual, he's phoning it in. He, <laughs> he's calling in from the place that we cannot talk about. Now, I just wanted to say uh, Happy New Year to everyone, to you guys. Uh, and uh, especially to our listeners. And just really quickly, I kind of wanted to go around and uh, ask you all what you did for the holidays. Uh, I was super chill. I just stayed in with my wife and my sister and her husband and kids and played games and watched movies. It was really chill and low-key. I also worked, but uh, most of it was spent just hanging out with with them and uh, chillaxing. It was really low-key. Low very cool. It's the best way to bring it in, I think. Definitely. Definitely. Who wants to go next? Uh, <laughs> I had Christmas Eve at my house. Um, it was somewhat eventful, actually. Uh, and then I did Chris. We always do Christmas with uh, my nieces. And then this year we celebrated my sister's 50th birthday uh, twice. And so we got She's that 100. in as well. She's half a hundred. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> we just celebrated it twice for her. So anyway, it was it was it's always Loki. Excellent. Greg. I was blessed and fortunate enough to spend the Christmas holiday in Southern California where there was no what? chance of snow and it was beautiful. And then Christmas Eve we had a party with our neighbors and then we went across town to another party with some of our friends and it was relatively low-key, but definitely California was the way to go. Palm trees for Christmas, everybody. Forget nice. the Douglas first. That's awesome. Nice. That's incredible. Uh, I, myself, <laughs> I stuck around here. My uh, wife and youngest daughter went down to Florida, so they spent the Christmas, uh, between Christmas and New Year's down there visiting uh, my oldest daughter and our granddaughter. And they had a great time, but uh, while I was here, I did everybody's laundry, so that was really kick ass. Please, please tell us you did your own. And what? No. Did you at least do your own? No, no. Because that's would, the complaint we normally have. Why would I do that? Uh, and I surprised my wife by painting the bedroom and got that wow. all finished. So uh, she came back to a brand new, well, basically brand new bedroom. So uh, needed to spice it up there somehow or another. <laughs> you know, you can you can paint subliminal messages into the wall. Yeah. I'm just saying you might have taken advantage yeah. of that. Well, I, with, with black light paint? <laughs> but well, they, it, it does show up under a UV light, but it's oh not necessarily. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's all a good right. way to kick it off, guys. <laughs> really should not have gone there <laughs> at all. Hey guys, uh, last time uh, Josh and I met, we decided on a movie that we were going to talk about. Yeah, and I'm going to kind of, I'm going to change the format a little bit about how we talk about this. And I'm kind of throwing this at Josh at the last minute. I love and, it. And um, <laughs> can we still speak English? Yeah, yeah, oh, oh, okay. definitely. We oh. can do that. Um, 
so the movie was uh, 31. Yes. Written by and directed by Rob yeah. Zombie. Okay. So here's a little bit about the movie. Okay. Five carnival workers are kidnapped the morning of Halloween in 1976 and held hostage in a large remote industrial hell. At the mercy of their captors, they are forced to play a twisted game of life or death called 31. And for the next 12 hours, they must fight for their lives against an endless parade of grease-painted homicidal maniacs. Is that a fair That's description of the movie? On yeah. the nut. All right. Yep. Now, the ratings that this movie has gotten. <laughs> uh, you're wrong on the rating that I saw your first one there. Which one, Roger Ebert? There's no way that's three out of four. It is three out of four. Okay. Roger Ebert gave it three I out of four. I swear I thought I looked that up today and I thought it was one out of four. Roger Ebert is a hack. Roger Ebert. Well, of course it's not him. It's, I'm clapping. It's, he's he's oh, six feet under. But. Yeah, this is Roger Ebert, I guess. No. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. The tomato meter gave it 50%. 50%, while the audience rating gave it 39%. Yeah, I'm clapping again. Yes, you are. 50% is actually really good on Rotten Tomatoes, though. There's been some dog <laughs> shit. There's been some pretty bad his, scores his, on some of these horror films that have his, come out. His uh, House of a Thousand Corpses is, is the highest on Rotten Tomatoes I saw. Really? I, I believe so. Or maybe um, that's the one that got two thumbs up. I can't remember. Uh, IMDb gave it 5 out of 10. So the way we normally went through this is like we all kind of did a round, you know, we went around the table and yeah. said what we each thought of it. Yeah. But what I'm going to do this time is I'm going to read a very brief review from five different, one, two, three, four, five different reviewers. Okay. Okay. And then I just want to open it up to an open conversation reacting to the reviews themselves. Well, okay. that's, we can't say our own opinion. No, you could definitely say your own okay. opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's your opinion based on what that person has said Etc. But yeah, yeah, definitely give your own opinion. Yeah, well, because yeah. I've got I've got some things I definitely want to. Okay, I'm excited more than just hearing my. I I don't even care about my own thing. I watch because you, this is all fresh for you guys. I watched this movie two weeks ago. Okay, so it's not as fresh in my mind. I'm excited to hear on your end because it's not necessarily something that you guys. A, you when I said 31 to Tom and Patrick, they're like, "What the fuck is 31?" So right out of the gate, there. You know what I mean? Like, right. And, I, don't, and it's, I know it's not Greg's cup of tea, so I'm more interested in hearing your guys' view on it okay. anyway. Right. Okay. Um, okay. Because it's, it's not something that you would have normally chased. All right. Right. Variety Magazine. Rob Zombie truly loves horror movies, but he still hasn't made a good one. And 31 <laughs> is a perfect encapsulation of the reasons why. It's a fanboy's highlight reel of homages without any of the credibility or context that made most of the films he's inspired by. Can we do this one at a time? No. Are we supposed to remember all these? Well, we can go. I mean, there's a certain theme <laughs> okay, for most okay, of these. Okay. I think you'll get it. Okay. okay, AV Club. Zombie's new movie, 31, is all attitude. It's also the worst thing he's ever made. Interminable, incoherent, and devoid of suspense. Okay. Okay. Josh is taking it on the nose right now. <laughs> I should have the red microphone you because should. I feel like I'm being punched. Uh, New York Times. Awash in blood and revoltingly misogynistic dialogue, the latest redneck ruckus is a grindhouse slog of unrelenting bad taste. Okay. <laughs> the New York Daily. There's probably an audience for Zombies 31, but Lord help anyone left alone in a movie theater with them. Yep, that's mm. guilty. <laughs> okay, Roger Ebert. <laughs> 31 feels like something new from Zombie. It feels like an adrenaline high cry to action from an accomplished artist. Zombie may not be working outside of his comfort zone, but 31 is one of his most impressive films to date. Okay, when he was this is the what, fucking wait, best? When was this movie released? Last year, October. Okay, it, we do know it's not Roger Ebert, right? 
Right. He's dead. He's dead. So it's it's whoever he's there's a slew of reviewers yeah, right. under Roger Ebert. Ebert's wanting a commission. So yes, uh, Roger Ebert <laughs> wanting commission. dot com gave it a three out of four. There we go. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Clarity. So with those thoughts in mind, we had some, you know, some some ones that were critical, obviously, and some <laughs> at least one that was praising. Yeah. Uh praiseworthy of it. So let's just open this up. Who wants to jump in? Okay. Well, out of the gate, uh uh he has made the first uh comment was he's never made a good movie. That's horseshit. Okay. And I I know that's based on opinion. So uh but he's made six films now and is it seven? I think it's seven. Okay. Because I remember one of the reviews saying it's a s- seventh film. Okay. Well, then we'll say seven. I would say five out of those seven are, on in, uh, on my scale, pretty fucking awesome. I can name the okay. two. Again, from m- my opinion, the two that are not great. But I would say the other five are fantastic. Uh, 31 is not the worst film, again, in my mind, that he has ever made. I would give that to Lords of Salem. Um, easily, I would give that to Lords of Salem. And I don't know what other hogwash was said there, but um, I don't agree with anybody, but uh, the last the last the review. Mr. Roger. Okay. The Mr. Roger. The third reviewer, I think, I don't know if it was AV or if it was the Times, um, the biggest problem I have with this film is the dialogue is horrible. Okay. And I don't know if it was the one that said the misogynistic. I, that didn't bother me. That What bothered me was every other word or line was the same line out of, um, was it Sickhead? Was that? Well, he was the midget clown. Yeah. So every line was literally just, I'm going to kill you, bitch. I'm going to kill you, bitch. I'm going to kill you, bitch. And she just kept saying, come on, then. Come on, then. And it was like. That's a long time to hear the exact same <laughs> and then, dialogue. And then, and then they did it in Spanish too. Well, yeah, he, right. which is fantastic. Awesome. I thought that I was did, great. I didn't mind that. It was funny that he was all swastika upped, but he wasn't the one who spoke in German. It was actually uh, uh, sickhead and no, not sickhead. Sex it was head. death and sex. Death and, death, sex. And sex. death and sex. Okay. Thank you for catching that because I thought that was the weirdest thing. Why is the the mini Hitler speaking Spanish? Yes. Right. Okay. And it was two... not. It was not written that way. By the way. Oh, okay. Rob oh, Zombie really? heard him speaking Spanish on set one day, and he was like, "Oh shit, you speak Spanish? I want you to do your whole entire speech in Spanish." And it was okay. changed You're on still set that day. Up as okay. A mini Hitler. I, yes. I I got. I just want to. F- I got two more observations, and I'll I'll, I'll be quiet for a minute. I don't want to forget about him. One thing I thought he did that I liked at the end with that, this is going to sound bad, but that little montage where they're all dancing together at the very, very end. Right. That to me showed those characters more than in a likable light than anywhere else in the movie. And I'd wish that in that van ride that he literally spent 20 minutes on, that they could have captured that sense of those five characters. Right. That they these loving, fun-loving. And again, that would take someone, I, I don't mean someone, that would have taken good dialogue. And they, there just wasn't any. And so I felt they wasted too much time on the van ride because you didn't really get any new information and you didn't really like them. But I sure liked them in that little montage yeah. and they're dancing. I thought yeah. that was the missed opportunity. The other thought I thought would have been stronger, you guys might disagree on this, I love the idea of Doom. Is it Doomhead? I don't forget what their. Uh, Doomhead was one of them. Doomhead at the end. But 
Wouldn't it have been cool if he comes out of that van and he wiped his face clean so he was kind of a regular guy again? And it's about the very end? Yes. Very okay. Very end. So he's following her and then he comes out and he's himself that we saw earlier. Yeah. And he's so pissed off that she beat him that he comes out and instead of showing the knives, he just stops, she turns around, he smiles, and you don't know is he gonna kill her as as the regular guy because he's pissed he lost the the game or, or does he respect her for or does he respect her and let's get a cup of coffee i don't know i thought that would have been a cooler <laughs> let's get a cup of I coffee know. that would be the weirdest that, cup of coffee I, that right would have been there. the best i just ending think ever but but you wanted like i get what they were doing like we don't know what's gonna happen but then when he pulled his knives up it was like no now we do know what's gonna happen yeah wouldn't that have been a cooler ending that, that yeah was, but she I, also doubled her fist but, so but she may have won her makes makes sense right she just went through this you know yeah. trauma. right well because he says he does it to get paid that's yeah, the thing. You know, so he's, you know, once they said weapons down, you know, is that when he's done or did he feel he had to finish the kill? But that's what I mean. If he didn't have the paint and stuff on, maybe he's going to kill her as himself outside of the rules of the outside game. Of the game yeah. Right. Anyway, yeah. that was I, my... I almost, I almost wonder if he gets paid by the kill and because she oh. beat him, that's why he's pissed off. Yeah, I mean, it yes. has to be. He has to be killed within the game. Well, you know what? If he's right. paid, if he's paid by the kill, then stop talking and kill. Well, yeah. and also though, what I did kind of like, I had there's some things I liked about his character. It wasn't just him getting paid. He was just so goddamn arrogant. He was the right. best at this. He was the greatest at when this. he told everybody they can go home. And even when he's with that woman, he has this line that talks about when you do everything right in line. I can't remember what yeah, the line yeah. is, but he's really like self-assured. So I kind of liked that about yeah. him, but okay, I'm done. Those are my critiques. <laughs> I, I kind of want to riff off of, off of Tom there. Um, this, this movie does have some good points. Uh, I thought Doomhead was probably the best part of this entire film. I agree. Um, his character, I think he portrayed amazingly. I, I didn't like the little montage or the little segment he did at the very beginning with the priest. But I, it took me a while to understand why he was doing that. But uh, once he started getting into his, his clown character, when he's putting on face paint and he started punching himself in the face, before I go on, are we doing spoilers? It's just go. Oh, shoot. Just go. Okay. Just go. Where he's, uh, where he's punching himself in the face and he walks out and he's got that, that old world look to him with his white face and the blood dripping down. I thought that was probably one of the coolest looks of the entire film. Um, let me see here. I got notes that I took. Um, some of the cinematography in this was absolutely gorgeous. And they talked about, I watched a little bit of the, uh, the special features and they were talking about using, uh, having it heavily backlit and using a, a smoky look to it. I thought some of the shots that they did, especially the, uh, the dinner scene was one of them or the, uh, the opening reveal uh, where they're tied to that big wood block, and we meet the uh, the three French Renaissance characters. Um, I thought those were some really, really amazingly shot uh, scenes. So I don't know what you guys had thought about those. Yeah, uh, uh, and uh, he had limited he had limited time on this too, so a lot of those scenes were rushed. So they, right. for as good as good looking as they were, they were also incredibly rushed. I think the he had Malcolm McDowell for two days, and he had that set for two days. So he had everything 
that was shot. He had two days to shoot it. And yeah, I believe was, the whole thing was shot in twenty days. It was, was that twenty days? 20 days? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so to not only did he, uh, again, like Greg kind of said, shoot something that looked really good, he had a really limited amount of time mm-hmm. to do it, and no money. He had no money. I think he kicks. Well, he kicks started thirty one. Yeah. Yep. That's, I did read that too. So, so those are those are my good points on this. Now, if I can uh, if I can step onto the other side of the fence, <clears throat> this movie, <laughs> this movie was shot like it was plays like it's based on a video game. Now, that being said, had this movie been made as a video game first, this game would have been freaking awesome. I would have loved to play this video game. Going through, trying to free yourself in these twelve hours, going up against the the clown horde, and then meeting up with the uh, the boss type characters of the sick head, the psycho, and schizo heads, and doom head. Eventually, I thought that would have made a really awesome video game. On the flip side, it still plays like it was based on a video game movie. And if you can name me one video game movie that was good. I'll give you ten bucks <laughs> because I don't know many. You mean uh, Tron uh, doesn't count? Mario <laughs> Mario Brothers? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> uh, Resident uh, Evil. <laughs> I I'm I'm getting really kind of tired of Zombie putting his wife in every fucking movie that he does. Yeah. I think, I think she's, that was a complaint Josh had yeah. when we were talking she, about the movie. She's the weakest actor yeah. in that whole show. Easily. You know, I, and Meg Foster I, looks like she's 170 years she looks, old. Oh, I'm she sorry, looks, she looks terrible. She kind of she kind looked of like leather. That was it. Yeah. She, kind she of what w- you were saying, Tom, when you were talking about how the dialogue didn't help and you didn't really get a chance to get to know the characters right. at all. There was, like, just, I didn't care that any of them had died. No, me but too. the one that I was hoping did was Cherry Moon Zombie. So that was kind of a letdown. But I kind of liked... Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. This is your... No, I was, I was going to say, I, I'm noticing this trend where he keeps recycling actors. Like Malcolm McDowell comes back in this again. Did you need him? I he's mean, not yeah, alone he's in that. Actor, he's not alone in that. Though. A lot of people do that. A lot, of, a lot of directors are doing that. They're working with the same people in the same movies... Because they know they can work with them. They know they're going to show up. They know they're going to do their work. And you know, they know if I have 20 days to make this movie, I need people that are going to show up and, and work. They know the process. And okay, that, yeah. that yeah, does like make that sense. Yeah, like that Kevin Smith. He works with the same people Fuck over and over. off. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> that is true. So maybe not too much to that argument, but stop Ron putting Howard, your wife in movies. I understand that she people. wants to be an actress and that this is the only way she can get to be an actress. Just... Just stop. Give yeah, her a break. Right. She, her she's she's not very good. Off. I mean, she's not she's, a very good actor. Yeah, I mean, I, she plays she played a good role as Michael Myers' mom. I thought in Halloween, and I thought she played a really good role. Her probably her best role was uh, whoever she played in House of a Thousand. But I, oh, I baby. think she's baby. Yeah. What was? Oh yeah. I think she's played out at this point. Now she was in an episode of House. Or one of those doctor shows as well, because she played the mother of a patient, hmm. um, okay. and she was actually very good on that too. So she has branched out outside of horror. That was not directed by Rob Zombie, and um, oh, played a character that was loving and caring, and not uh, Michael Myers' mother. Just you know, 
Just that's throwing okay. that out and there. That's fair. That's fair. I, I give her props for branching out, but <laughs> stop acting in his movies for yeah. a while. She's she's just, yeah, I, she's I, played I, out a little yeah. played out. Um, I I didn't like that it took twenty four minutes before anything really got going. Oh, that was the exact same point I had with the van. Twenty two minute van, van ride. Yep. It took way too yep. long. I I didn't need to know much that much about those characters. Ten minutes, I think, would have been sufficient. The and thing, I know there was that first ten minutes where Doomhead's talking to the uh, the priest, which took up a lot of that. But there's still, oh, let's g- get rolling a little bit faster if that's what you're doing. But you have to decide you, what you want, though. Like, do you want to do you want to know these characters so you do give a shit when they do die? Or do you want to get on with it and just start? But I think that was the problem, though, because he spent 25 minutes with that, and I still didn't care about it. No, I I understand that. If he had good dialogue, then I do want to watch. I I want to watch. I was saying that we can't ask the the story that needs to be fixed. Is you got to give you got to give me a reason to care about the characters, and you can do that. Just don't take 15, 20 minutes to do it. If you're going to do it, get into it. That way, when we meet up with the stick figure Blair Witch type scene, I'm freaking out that people are getting stabbed, people are getting carried away, and all of a sudden they're hanging out by this giant 2x4, or 4x4, or whatever it is, in uh, whatever that little area was. Right. Um, I will say I did, I did, I mean, I agree with everything said. I did have, pro- I, I had my own problems with this movie. Um, Sherry Moon was a problem, so I totally agree with that. I didn't like the ending to the movie. I was not, I liked everything up to the ending. I was not a huge fan of how it ended. I thought it was kind of weak. Um, I thought it was kind of a cop out, really. Like, he wrote it and then he didn't know how to end it, so he was just like, okay, well, we're this and then, uh, end a movie. And, I even looked at Patrick when I uh, talked to him about the movie, and I was like, the language in this movie is like way further than he's ever taken the language in any of his other movies. The language <laughs> was like, if I'm complaining what, what about... What do you mean by the language? The the bad... The, the oh, swearing, the, the curse. swearing. Oh, the okay. okay. If I'm, yes. complaining, if I'm right. complaining about it, there's a problem with that movie. <laughs> well, it's just that if you keep using that stuff and that's all they say, they, it just gets boring. It's not so much it offends me. It, it loses it's just, its potency. And it's not scary mm-hmm. to just call, you know, it's... It's gross. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and so I'm that, not a prude. It's just, no. I but, want a story, and, the, and, and you're losing your story. When, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so those those were some, I think minor things I had a problem with, in the movie. Again, I will. I go did to bat. like the beginning, though. I have to say, do what? I did like the beginning. I loved the beginning. That's where I disagree with Greg on this. That the the way it opened in the black and white, and the monologue. Yeah. Given almost directly to the camera. He I thought it was to us that's until what I, we that's saw what a, I thought the at priest. First, and, and you just saw him looking slightly off camera. And I didn't know if it was like he had wonky eyes, but I, I like you, Tom, I thought it was to us. And I thought it was very effective. And here's the thing. That guy, the guy who played that character, was a minor part in Halloween 2. See, he seemed like a good actor. I think it was Halloween or Halloween 2. He was a minor part. You barely... He barely got the his part was so he was barely in it, but he went from being a minor part in a Rob Zombie movie mm-hmm. to the part in a Rob Zombie movie, mm-hmm. and he he carried it easily. He was yeah. easily the best character in the oh, whole definitely. movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I didn't mind the actor who played Roscoe. I kind of liked him too. The long haired, the 
from is Rastafarian? He, oh, the guy with the chops. Yeah, is he another zombie movie? Was he the he last was, guy he was standing? In Lord's he was the last guy, right? That was yes. Oh, okay. that okay. No, no, that wouldn't fit down the yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's been in other. A lot of them have been in other stuff. Most of them have been. Three of them haven't been in any in any of. He's his been on stuff. Westworld. Uh, was he on Westworld? I didn't yeah. see that. Um, oh, I watched the entire series. Maybe that's why I recognized mm-hmm. him. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, I thought agree, he was good. I agree with Greg that some of the cinematography in this was just outstandingly beautiful okay. and well done. Uh, I think stylistically he handled this very, very well, mm-hmm. um, especially in some of the transitions going from still images into, you know, sliding them off into the live action. That was yeah, interesting. That, that yes. was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. Um, I was kind of at a disadvantage in this, and I, I don't know, maybe Tom too, in the sense that I've only other seen, I've only seen one other Rob Zombie movie, and, I, was, and I've not seen it? any. Uh, the Halloween. Okay, but you, you've never seen the Halloween remake. I can't because John Carpenter is. Oh, okay. my God! Oh. Right, no. <laughs> I can't oh. even. So you, so you don't want to waste it by watching. I'm going to you watch should. it because Josh gave it to me to watch, but it's, it's really I, good. It's I can't really good. imagine that it's better, and I'm going um, into it already with a huge. You know, bias. so I so I don't have the the uh, <laughs> the other movies to compare it to or anything like that. Um, but I thought. I agree with one of the criticisms in that list is that it was devoid of suspense because. But for me, all slasher movies are devoid of that. Once you get into just slashing people, it's like, <laughs> right. I just get bored. But that's where it's... I think that it could have helped the movie by having that suspense yeah, yeah, in there. Yeah. The, 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 especially since the, the game is based on suspense. You don't know when these things are going to pop out. You don't right. know where these things are hiding. The suspense needs to be built into that, and it just it wasn't there. Right. Oh, because they immediately come out once like one person's dead. One and once they immediately, announced, it's once, the next. Yeah, once Malcolm McDowell announced the, you know, who the next killer was, they showed the next killer right away. Right. Yeah. And it's like, oh, here's sex and and or here's death and sex, and they come strolling down, and it's like, mm, maybe I wanted to wait and. Yeah, give me give me that. something to to hang on to. Um, Plus, oh, sorry, I'm in, no, I keep interrupting. Plus, there's an opportunity there for the 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 group of five people to play off each other, right? In that kind of a stressful situation, you're going to start turning on each other, or right, that's an right. opportunity. Do you guys know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, which yeah, creates more like, conflict. It's kind of like run faster than the slowest person, yeah. Type thing. Yeah, they're gonna, yeah. And these guys were always kind of with each other, which is nice, but yeah. Um, but this will please Josh. Uh-oh. Can't wait. I enjoyed this movie. Yeah, clapping again. I clapping <laughs> again. Overall, I, 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 I enjoyed the movie, and I think I it didn't. was because of the way it started, the cinematography all the way through. Yes, there's things I didn't like. I wanted more suspense, and 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 Rob Zombie's wife did not need to be a part of this one, other than she was, I guess, eye candy for him or easy to work with. <clears throat> However, I walked away from this movie thinking maybe I should watch some more of his stuff and compare it. He's got he admittedly he has better. He has House of Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects are top two easy. Mm-hmm. Halloween is fantastic. I said out of seven, because you said there's seven, mm-hmm. right? Right. I, I'm thinking six, but out of seven, five of them are great. The two ones on the lo- on, on the on the totem pole for me are Lords of Salem and Halloween two. And even Halloween two is barely on that list. Yeah, and, because I enjoyed Halloween two. Yeah, and most critics would agree with you and, on, on the uh, Salem. That they think yeah, it's more Lord of Salem is awful. Yeah. So it's I will awful. watch Halloween next, then, or or 
House of a Thousand should I watch next? Um, well, I want watch now. House I want to hear next. No, now. I want to hear his thoughts on Halloween because he's a Carpenter fan, and he, I, I get. I love the original Halloween. Every time it plays on Halloween right. down mm-hmm. town, I'm there. But Rob Zombie did something new with it. That okay, I, the first hour of that movie, Michael Myers as a kid. Sure. Yeah. It's the opening hour of that movie is fantastic from my standpoint. Uh, from other people's standpoint, it ruined Michael Myers. Okay. So you well, kind of make your own opinion. One, one thing, and we're going to segue this, into this later, but with, with – because he's going to be one of my people, obviously. Right. Um, Carpenter does know how to build suspense, though. Yes. That That's one thing I think he's he's really good at. Um Okay. Okay, guys, I'm watching the clock here, and so if each of us can kind of wrap up the movie in one or two sentences, how would you how would you review it in one or two sentences? I fucking loved it. Go and watch it. All right, pretty Those are simple. My two. All right, uh, mine would be um, interesting ideas, terrible dialogue. Greg, um, I'm on the fence about it. It'd be better as a video game. All right. And for me, uh, if you want to look at cinematography, how to put a movie together, I thought this was very well put together, regardless of the dialogue or the acting. I, I think it was a well-structured movie uh, from the cinematic point of view. So I think it's something to look at and, 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 and <coughs> judge that way. So so that's 31 by so Rob Zombie. Rap on okay. 31. Yeah. Rap on 31. Uh, that's not all bad, Josh. That was... That was all we all fair. Had, we all had good stuff, fair. and yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never want anybody to go. I love that movie because that's right. what Josh right. wants to fucking right. hear. No, no, no. I, that's why I was excited for and, you guys to watch it because I do want to hear what you really think. And, about and, and I always say this about horror movies too: those are the easiest to make bad. Horror movies is hard to make good. Yeah, it just is. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. So homework for next week. So we can tease out the next movie that we're going to talk about. Yes, you each had one, right? That, well, or do we want to go with one and then the next? I kind of like Tom's suggestion. Okay, because it's been on my list to watch, and which I, is I just this keep audition, audition. And now this is okay. The, this is the nineteen ninety nine Japanese movie. Everybody have access to it because what it, I can do it is it is, is I don't hard think to Greg watch. Greg has access to it. <laughs> So what I can do is I can watch it this weekend, and then I can give it to Greg because I'm going to see him on Monday. On Monday. Is that fair, Greg? That's cool. What are we watching? Audition, Audition, 1999 Japanese version. What's it on? I have it on DVD. Un- yeah, unfortunately, oh, okay. it's it's just on a DVD I have. No. Okay. So cool. I'll watch it, and then I'll give it to you on Monday. Okay. All right. So that's our, that's our homework for ne- next time we podcast. Um, so look forward to that one. I'm going to move on to the next section now, and this is something that kind of brought up through Telegram or through Messenger and yeah, what yeah. we wanted to talk about here. And this was our Mount Rushmore of horror directors. Yes. Who do we want to see yes. on the <laughs> Mount Rushmore of horror directors? Yeah. Uh, we started with uh, Josh last time, so let's not start with Josh this no, time. No, don't start with me. Uh, uh, Tom or Greg? Probably Greg. I went second last time. Oh. I can go. Oh, I only have three. Bus. I have three no, out of four, I'm, unfortunately. I'm pulling up my list here really quick, and my phone is taking... Longer than it needs to. Do you want so me to I go have, real fast? I'll, I'll go first then. Yeah, I okay. have seven, so I want to hear your list because you I might... seven? Yeah, let, me, might let me go first out. because you'll have people that I have. By the end of this, do you think that we can narrow it down to four? I think... I guarantee you we, we can. I Before we start, really quick. I had four, 
And then Greg sent me a message asking about the criteria mm-hmm. and what, how do you get your criteria for who ends up on there? And I was just like, old, new, it doesn't matter, just horror director. Mm-hmm. Okay. I already had my four done. And then I was like, shit. Now I got to think of how I really want to do it because I can go all classic four directors. I can go old and too old, too new. Mm-hmm. I can mix it up any way I want to. But who's going to be the final four? That's why I have seven, because I want to hear everybody's list, and then I might drop a new one in there. I've got five. I'll go ahead and go first, guys. Um, I've got five because I've got a tie for fourth, and I know that a lot of you will not agree with me on one of them. Okay, But for me, since we're talking about the Mount Rushmore of horror directors, I approached it from the founding father aspect of it. So I've got to put Alfred Hitchcock. Up at the top there. It's one of mine. Um, master of suspense. I mean, he did not have the the opportunity for special effects, visual effects. You know, he did it, what he could with that, but he definitely was the master of suspense. Uh, Psycho, The Birds, Frenzy, Rear Window, just really great movies. Um, George Romero created and introduced the modern zombie <laughs> genre. I don't think we would have half of the horror genre that we have without George Romero. Sam Raimi, I've put in there because he created and introduced the mainstream to horror comedy genre. And then my tie was uh, John Carpenter as the postmodern horror pioneer with Halloween, The Fog, and The Thing, but also Wes Craven for Nightmare on Elm Street, Last House on the Left, and The Hills Have Eyes. Uh, I, you have to let me go next because you'll have all these, Josh. Yeah, go. Okay. Uh, I have I have almost all of these. Uh but I know one you're going to add to it. I so I, I have, I do have four now because I, I was going to ask if Hitchcock could count because I know Psycho's horror, but the lot, the lot of the other ones. Well, the, Birds, the Birds is horror too. Birds is horror too. Um, okay, so I've got my four then. So Hitchcock, uh, Carpenter for me is is king. I mm-hmm. just I love Carpenter movies, even the ones that critics don't like. I still like. Um, uh, I don't know if Escape from New York is is. Horror, but it's I, not horror, but it's but still, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing, of course. Uh, and didn't he do vampires? He did do uh, James. Yeah, he did. Vampires. With the J- I, right. I, I James like that movie. Yeah. I like that movie. It's, it's watchable. I even like the one with uh, uh, Sam Neill. Uh, the he's the author that. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, uh, oh, uh, I had Wes Craven. I think you have to put Wes, Wes Craven yeah. on there. And of course, Roman Polanski. If okay. you haven't seen Repulsion or The Tenant or Rosemary's Baby or his Macbeth or his uh, The Ninth Gate, okay, all of those. He are... was up in the air on mine. Okay, so I didn't add him. Okay, he was he was there, and then I was like, I'm not sure if he's done. I'm not sure if he fits. I'm not. Okay. Sh- I'm not. Yeah. So I didn't put him on. Um, but you haven't seen those movies. I have not. I have not seen a lot of George. I have not seen a lot okay. of Roman Polanski's movies. You're right. Um, and the only one I really know of, really, is Rosemary's Baby. Right. Okay. And I should see that. So I'm failing on that. <laughs> failing hard. So Greg, you want to go next? Yes, I can. So my my list is basically the same as Patrick's. Um, what I was when I messaged you, Josh, I was trying to figure out. How do I want to come up with my my Mount Rushmore? And what I was kind of looking for was of really of directors that were able to pull off an eclectic variety of horror instead of just basing them on one. So 
Uh, John Carpenter is obviously on there. I I hesitated. I don't want to hesitate because he is one of the masters of horror or the horror genre. But he more lived in the Halloween series, and that's to me that's kind of a cop out. I mean, he's he did good with what he had, but he needed. I feel like he should have branched off a little bit more. He still is a master of horror, so I'm putting him on there. Wes Craven as well. He gives us Nightmare on Elm Street. He gives us Scream. And mm. so many more that I can't think of off the top of my head. Yep. Romero is definitely another one. I hesitated on him as well because all of his are zombie movies. That's right. That's why he's not on my <laughs> Granted, they didn't they weren't in the same universe like Carpenter's Halloween. He did, you know, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, Dead of the Dead. They could go on. But they all follow um, the same plot. What would not exist today if George Romero did right. not start Exactly. And that that's the other that thing. Subgenre. What what have these directors done to give us the horror genre that we have today? You know, Carpenter gave us probably the best slasher film of all time. Yeah. Wes Craven um, did good too. He, uh, no, he, he recreated he re- horror with Scream. He reinvented with Scream. Yeah. I forgot about that. He reinvented with Scream. We wouldn't have zombie movies if it wasn't for Romero. My fourth is, uh, is Hitchcock, obviously, because horror had to start somewhere, and that's probably one of the best places to start. Even if you consider most of his movies suspense, well, he made it mainstream. Exactly, and it, it had to grow from there. You know, they're more suspenseful now because he didn't include all the the zombie blood or the Rob Zombie blood or the Eli Roth uh, torture porn esque to it. But it had to start somewhere. He so actually almost made my list. I gave <laughs> I gave the fourth nod to Hitchcock, and then. I actually, I left a space open for an honorable mention, which I want to give to both Rob Zombie and Eli Roth, only because I feel like they're the two who have really taken the horror genre in a horror-related aspect, and really kind of kept that genre alive. Granted, it is pretty gross what they're doing now, but in the grand scheme of things, if you look at where Hitchcock was with his suspense and the psycho and the birds... And moved it forward through, excuse me, um, Carpenter's Halloween into Craven's Scream. They just they keep growing on each other. They keep getting bigger and bigger and gorier and grosser. And I think that uh, Eli Roth and Rob Zombie are both taking that genre and keeping it true to what it is. So that's Good. what I have. All right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so just based off of what I've heard from everyone else. We can easily, easily make our own Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. off of our list because we've pretty much got the same people. Right. Um, but I do have somebody on my list that nobody dropped um, that I think will run eventually with every single one of those people. So my honorable mentions really quick before I do my Mount Rushmore because I'm not going to change it. These were my original four. Now I'm not going to change it. So my honorable mentions were Sam Raimi, mm-hmm. Evil Dead, Love Evil Dead. Yep. Evil yep. Dead's like me too. Top. Um, Alfred Hitchcock's gonna sit. Is he's gonna? He was good. The one I was gonna put him in. I was right. gonna trade somebody out and put him in. I'm not going to. Although he should be in there. I'm gonna keep him off. Alfred Hitchcock. And the last one is Fetty Alvarez because he. When I talk about old and new, Fetty Alvarez may not have the. Um, he might not have the list that Carpenter and Craven and everybody has, but he will. 
he will right now with the remake of Evil Dead with Don't Breathe that came out. Mm-hmm. He's gonna keep he, right now. He's just gonna keep going and he's gonna keep delivering movies. So he's kind of he, to you. He's kind of the next the next man on the list to really take off with the genre. If, if one of the heads fall off of Mount Rushmore, I would replace it with Fetty Alvarez. Does that make sense? Yeah. So here's my four, um, and uh, for reasons already mentioned. So at the top was Wes Craven. Well, we've already talked about. He reinvented horror with Scream. He started with Nightmare. Everybody, again, that's a go-to for everybody. Nightmare on Elm Street is a go-to for everybody. Every Halloween, it's on everybody's list. Um, and again, the reinvention of horror. When horror was dying and Scream came out, it kick-started a whole new, a whole new list of horror that, that came out. So Wes Craven's on there. Obviously, John Carpenter's going to live on there. With Halloween, he did the thing. Uh, his oh, list goes on and on and on. We already mentioned George Romero. I've already talked about why. Uh, because there's a billion things that would not exist today if George Romero would not have started the subgenre of zombies. Like The Walking Dead. And uh, the last person on my list, nobody mentioned, and when we're talking about old and new, I wanted to put a new face on my Mount Rushmore. So I dropped in James Wan. Uh, he did Saw. He's did, mm-hmm. He did Insidious. Um, he's kicking ass right now with everything he's dropping out. So for me, uh, James Wan. James, James Wan would live on my list. There, who, who's the guy? Is it Ty West? That's that does Ty West. Yeah, he's got he's, some promise. He's yeah. a name out there. Also, mm-hmm. he's done. Well, okay, I have a problem with Ty West, but he did uh, House of the Devil, which I hated, um, and I didn't see what was the one he did. Which one's House of the Devil? Um, Should I bet you that's the one I love? <laughs> Uh, it's the one with the babysitter. Oh, movie. I love that movie. Yeah. You liked it? Okay. Yeah. I, I, don't, couldn't, okay. I could not get into okay. it. So Ty West was, yeah, he's a name though. And he's, yeah. I mean, he's, he's doing it. So he's just not up there. I don't think with the Fetties and the, and the, mm-hmm. and James Wands, I don't think he even touches them. So that's my list. All right. So it kind of sounds like, uh, our four on Mount Rushmore are Alfred Hitchcock. Yes. George Romero, John Carpenter and Wes Craven. That's a Mount Rushmore, my friend. Okay. That works. Yeah. It works Solid. for me. All right. I, Excellent. I, I will just encourage you, for all of you who have never seen a Roman Polanski movie, that you probably should. Yeah, and <laughs> I will try to fix that. I, I feel Rose like Tom is staring at me. creepy as hell. Well, just considered by every critic in the world, Rosemary's Baby is the best horror movie ever made. Might We might want to actually watch that. We'll put it on the list. Put it on the list. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have, uh, yeah. So... All right, so uh, I think we're getting to the point where we're kind of wrapping up here. Time? Yeah. So uh, do we have any plugs? Uh, we can do our always, as usual, plug. Check us out on MidnightFrightFilms.com. Uh, always something new dropping on there. Uh, there's links to our YouTube page where you can see a bunch of short films that we've done. Um, there's pictures on there. We're trying to blog on there a little more. So get all the updates on MidnightFrightFilms.com. MidnightFrightFilms.com. Follow us on Facebook at Midnight Fright Films. And while you're doing that, hop on over to the Midnight Frightcast page as well and like us over there as well. Tom, do you have anything to plug? Um, I don't, but I can see your new hair plugins and they look really nice, Patrick. Well, thank you very much. That's uh, that's why I sent my family away so I could spend some time at the clinic. Greg. You've got Greg the Movie Guy here. You can find my very own podcast. <laughs> On Facebook, look up at GTMGCast. 
I try to keep up with these maniacs here on the Midnight Fright cast. I also have my own blog site. You can find that at gregthemovieguy.blogspot.com. Updating different movies. Got a great start for 17, 2017 with a movie unheard of called Trumbo. Definitely check that one out first on my review and then go check out the movie. Definitely worth your, uh, worth your watch and your read. So that's what I got. All right. Excellent. So I guess we're just going to wrap this up. So yeah. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody, just uh, one more time, and uh, hope to catch you later on the next podcast. Peace out, boys. Yeah.